If you would take your Bibles with me this morning and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll be going to a couple of different places this morning. As we look at the topic today of the faith of Enoch. So Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And let's start in verse 5. I believe everybody's there. If you found your place, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings upon your word. Father, forgive me where I fail and sin against you. But thank you, Father, that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of sins, and you have ransomed your people, and you have brought us to you. Father, may you just bless your word. May it penetrate hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things that I want to talk about today is definitely the, the faith of Enoch. There's a few things I'd like to, to, to point out that where we can glean from this. But in verses 5 and 6, they're thought to go together. In verse 5, we see the definition of what Enoch's faith is. It says that he was translated, that he should not see death. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. But in verse 6, it's connected to it because without this faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, we may know that Hebrews chapter 11 is a very popular chapter. Some call it the hall of faith. And throughout chapter 11, there's example after example after example of those who had faith of those who had believed God in their lives, so much so that it moved them to obey God in their lives. They believed the promises, so therefore they acted on those promises which God had. Well, think of Noah. God told Noah to prepare an ark. Noah did. Uh, he prepared this ark, and we see the obedience of Noah to do that. Well, all throughout here, it is the examples, one after another, and there's so much application to us today as we read through here. Like, when we say faith, what is that word? Uh, do you have faith? Do you have faith in your life? Do you have faith day by day? What, what is faith? Is faith coming to church today, or, or was that maybe more of a pattern? It wasn't, was it faith that brought you here? Or when does is, when is the rubber meet the road with faith? What are uh, situations in our life? But we need to understand, without it, you cannot please God. Without faith, you cannot please him. And so uh, there's a few things that we know in Hebrews chapter 11. We saw that they believed in the promises of God. They trusted in the power of God. And they were obedient in the providence of God. But Enoch, so far, so keep your hands here. We're, we're going to look at Enoch. What do we know about Enoch? Uh, turn back to Genesis chapter 5. Please keep your hands here in Hebrews 11. We'll be coming right back to it. 
Genesis chapter 5, we're given a, a bit of a source material for Enoch, who this man was. Now, we know the Bible celebrates this man and his faith. Uh, there's not, we'll get ready to talk about, there's not that many men who were taken and who did not experience death, and Enoch is one of them. So in Genesis chapter 5, look at verse 21. Well, actually he starts in verse 20. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years, he begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah, 300 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him now there's about 10 there's actually 10 if you follow the genealogy there's 10 what are called patriarchs of the pre-flood it starts with Adam it ends with Noah Enoch is the seventh of those ten that are in there. And we know that we don't know that much about Enoch with the word of God. He's mentioned three times in the New Testament. We just read about him in Hebrews. Um, but there's a kind of a mystery there. There's not much said about his day-to-day -day walk and how God had taken him. Uh, there are many books that are not in the Bible which were written. There's the first, second, and third book of Enoch. Now, I do not, and they're not canon. They're not the 66 books of the Bible. And if you ever wonder where I stand on that, I do not read the Apocrypha books. I do not read Maccabees, the book of Maccabees, the book of Enoch. I do not read any of those books. I believe God has preserved his word in the 66 books that we have now in the Bible. Uh, just because they're finding scrolls in caves doesn't mean it's the word of God. Just because something was written a long time ago doesn't mean it's true. Now, it is not the inspired word of God. Now, I do use other books like Josephus and things like that to help uh, fill in some gaps historically, kind of like, was Pilate a good governor? And Josephus may say something about that, but it's not doctrinal. I just use it for historical reference. But see, here's my thing. You have so many people who want to be fanciful. They want to, it's not enough what the word of God says. They want to add to the word of God. Now here's the thing, is I should devote my time and my desire with the content of the Word of God, not the missing content of the Word of God. You have, you have so many people who are going out and spending their whole lives trying to discover what's not there yeah. when they completely missed what is there. Yeah. And so the, you've heard it. You've got to keep the main thing the main thing. And let's not overlook, you know, trying to invent this or invent that. And, you know, that there, were, there are actually a total of, I think, 54 apocryphal books. 54 of them. That you could go out and even the, the now Enoch is the first, second, and third book of Enoch. Enoch, the first Enoch, has like 100 chapters. And it reads a bit... There's a, a bit of things there that talks about giants and angels and aliens and things like that. And it's just a little bit out there. And you know what? It, 
it was written at that time. But Lord had, had purpose not to preserve it in the word of God, which we know. So, you know, that would be the same as me uh, going to George Lucas's house. He, he wrote Star Wars. And I'm saying, uh, George, if you would, could you write like a space opera? You know, uh, when God created the heaven and the earth, uh, maybe there was the Death Star that was there and Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and all them. To us, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? But what if somebody found that writing 2,000 years from now? You know, they had fiction writers back then the same way they do now. And just because you found it in a cave doesn't mean it's not fiction. So, let's, I, I, I tend to focus on where I need to focus. And even the word of God in Hebrews 13.9 says, Be not carried away with strange and diverse doctrine. The doctrine that's out there. Now, other things that we know about Enoch. Now, I, these are very little that we know about him. Uh, we know that Enoch did not die. If you're back in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that, uh, by faith, in, in verse 5, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. So Enoch did not die. We know that about him. We know that he lived to be 365 years old before the Lord took him. And we know that he pleased God. Now, it should be the desire of all of us, all who are Christians, to please God. But the word of God said that Enoch did please God. And so that should be our ultimate desire is to please him and to walk with him. All right, so here in verse 5, it said that Enoch was translated. We're going to work with this word a little bit translated. In the Greek, that word is, is translated many different ways, but what it means is to literally transport. It means to transfer from one place to another. So we must conclude by verse 5 that God took Enoch straight into heaven. That Enoch did not die, that God just took him where he was and he brought him up to him. Now, there's one other person who was born on, among man who had this done, and that was Elijah. Elijah also did not see death. Elijah there in 2 Kings, we know that he was caught up in a whirlwind and there was chariots there with fire and the horses were on fire. And then uh, God had taken him up. So that both of those men were what's called translated. They were brought from one place to another. And that's what that, that Greek word is. Now, if you want to get technical, uh, Melchizedek didn't die either. But Melchizedek wasn't born. <laughs> Melchizedek didn't have father, mother, descent. He was not born, nor did he die. So I don't really count him as one who's never died because he was never born. But we need to understand those who have not died were translated. Now, that, that'll become important later when we start talking about when the, Jesus comes back. Now, now that we see what translated means, what was Enoch's faith? The thing that we need to notice about Enoch is in the end of verse 5, it says that this was his testimony that he pleased God. Enoch was a blessed man. That's one thing that we need to find out and discover about Enoch. Enoch was blessed by the grace of God. Enoch did not deserve or earn God's favor. Let's start there. 
At no point is there a man or woman born among us in earth that ever deserves or earns the favor of God. The favor of God was given to Enoch, just like Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, the thing about Enoch was he was born in sin, as we all are born in sin. Now, no person, no person is born to please God in of themselves. This includes Enoch, and this includes uh, all, everybody. This is called total depravity. That we are born in sins. The Bible teaches us is that we are born in sin and that we are not able or capable of pleasing God in of ourselves by what we do. Because I bring out this illustration all the time. We're born in sin. God cannot dwell with sin. All he sees is sin. Even when we attempt to do well, uh, it does not bring us closer because sin separates us. It's like a child cleaning the house with muddy hands. Whatever you touch is tainted. Because internally, we are sinners. We're, we are rebellious. Our heart is rebellious. The Word of God, I, I, you know, if this is, this is something the Word of God even tells us of who we are. And if we're honest with the Word of God, uh, well, there's a couple places. Ecclesiastes 7.12 says, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. East Enoch was chosen of God to please him. And so God had to do it by his power and by his grace. Um, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Now we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2 a couple different times. Uh, I believe that this will go well because we, we need to figure out Enoch's faith. What was Enoch's faith? Well, first of all, Enoch, Enoch's faith was a blessing of God by the grace of God. And that's what the Word of God teaches because no one can in themselves come to God. And that's what God teaches us in his Word. All right, so chapter 2 of Ephesians. Now we're going to read these probably a couple times, but look at verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Faith. Both of those things. The gift of God is God's grace and faith. This faith that Enoch had was not his own. It was God-given. Do we understand that it is by grace you are saved? What is the gift of God? What is the gift of God to you? The gift of God is faith. It's by his grace. Now, if that really, in verse 9, it says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Here's the thing. If I can point anything to myself, then it is not by what it says, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is not by grace. It is by what I've done, my value, my merit, who I am. Verse 10 says this, and this is a big one. This is where I wanted to go. For we are his workmanship. Who, who is he talking to? He's talking to the saved. He's talking to those who have believed upon him for salvation. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God has ordained that you, if you are saved today, God has ordained before the foundation of the world that you should walk in them, you should walk being pleasing to God in faith. He determined this, that you would do this in Christ Jesus. That word workmanship is a beautiful word. It's, it's like God, uh, you know, being a uh, smith or a woodsmith or, or working in a wood, uh, a wood shop. And we are his workmanship. Those whom he has saved, those who have been born again, we are his workmanship that we should be pleasing to him. And he determined before the world ever began that I would. He has determined, if you're saved today, he's determined before the foundation of the world, you are a workmanship of God. You are a product of God. You are a creation of God in Christ Jesus to be pleasing to him. That's what he's designed you to do, to please him. But what did Hebrews say? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we see that this workmanship, if you come back, or I mean actually in, in there in Ephesians chapter 2, this workmanship means that which God has created. And there's a few things that we can look at in, in Romans chapter 9. We don't have time to turn there. But look at the same lump, how God has fitted some for vessels of honor versus vessels of dishonor. Just imagine God in his workshop. He has all this materials from the same lump. We're all from the same lump, right? We're all sinners that need to be saved. None doeth good, no, not one. But from this same lump, he has had mercy and grace upon some to where he would build them as a workman builds them, created them in Christ Jesus. That's you and me, if you're safe today, to be pleasing to him. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? That's also a little convicting. Am I pleasing God? Is, have I been, if that's what God has designed me to do, created me to do, and I know that it's by faith, faith's the only thing that pleases him, um, we need to pray, Lord, help my faith, increase my faith. So, you know, and this reminds us of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Here's, a, here's the, the lesson. While Enoch had this great faith, he had this testimony of this great faith, so much so that the, that the Lord mentions Enoch in a very small amount of time, and that's all that he really says. The thing to import, that, that's important to remember here, it was only by God's grace and the gift of God that God had determined for Enoch to please him. It, God had determined for Enoch to walk with him. It was a gift of God. It was a gift of God. You know, and that's the thing, is, is this great faith that which Enoch had. Uh, I like what this writer says. He says, long before Enoch was translated into glory, he had been translated in his heart and in his soul. He was delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. 
That which the Holy Spirit commends to us is not Enoch's character and conduct, but Enoch's faith in Christ and God's grace upon him. That is a thing which is commended to us, not the character of Enoch, not the wherewithal, not the sacrifice, not the, the Enoch had smarts by obeying God. What's commended to us is his faith, his unwavering faith in Jesus Christ and God's grace upon him. Now, all believers, all of us, have been spiritually already translated. In Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 12, it says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us. Remember what the word translated means. To bring from one place to another, to transport, God has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through the, his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We've been signed, sealed, and delivered. We've been signed in the Lamb's book of life before the world ever began. We've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise that God has saved us. There's now the down payment of the Holy Spirit and one day that we will receive a glorified body. And that is the delivered. We've, we've been delivered spiritually already. We've been already taken from one place and brought to another spiritually. And that's the thing that happened with Enoch. Way before Enoch was translated into heaven physically, he had to be translated spiritually first. He was a sinner. Anybody born among earth sins against God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There must be a work of God in your heart first before you can be pleasing to God or walk with God or be translated and took up with Him. So we see that that is what happens with Enoch. But we also see that Enoch pleased God. He pleased Him. You cannot please God if you do not have faith and walk by faith believing and trusting God. You know, many times Christians will uh, they'll look in, at their feelings or they'll look at their piety or they'll look at uh, just their life and the things that they've done in their life and they, they look to themselves and say, well, surely this must be pleasing. Look at all the things I've done. You know, uh, surely all of the, 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 what my sacrifice, all this. And if you're not really focusing on the fact why you did that, why did you do those things? It's because of faith. Faith is what pleases God. And many times Christians, they'll, they'll believe that they're doing everything, and if it's not by faith, it's not pleasing to the Lord. They're deceived. And, you know, when I come up here and the Lord puts this on my heart, it is not to condemn people and saying, you've got this wrong. My burden is to show you the way it is right. To be compassionate to be loving, to understand the human condition. We all have the human condition. We all got stuff. We all got stuff, don't we? Now here's the thing. My burden, my compassion, is not to sit down here and beat anybody up for who has sincerely been brought up thinking one way. My hope and my prayers, the Lord just energizes your heart and shows you the word of life and shows you the truth of his word 
and it will just start filling up like fountains of water, and you will love it. Now, you're not going to love the Word of God if I'm up here talking about how wrong you are and about how bad you are and all this and all that. The Word of God should be the one teaching you that. Um, that's my... I just wanted to say that that's my goal, that's my desire. So if I'm up here and it sounds like, well, Pastor, it sounds like you're getting mean. I don't mean to be mean. What I mean to do is show you from the Word of God and let the Word of God penetrate your heart. Because that's the only work that matters or makes a difference. You know, there's a lot of churches today that are out there and, you know what? I've got to be careful what I say because we know that the... And, that churches are out there and they're meeting and everything, but there's a lot that are under this military, Baptist churches is under this military uh, mentality of march, 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 do, 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 do. And if we're not getting results, you're not doing it good enough. And they all look the same, all dress the same, all act the same. And here's the thing, is their whole mentality, their whole desire is the emotionalism of it. Somebody's coming up and giving them a great speech. It's inspirational. It's emotional. You may cry during it, and then you walk away saying, you know what, I'm going to give up that thing. I'm going to start getting committed. And the Holy Spirit does not talk to your heart at all. What happens if the Holy Spirit does not convict you and penetrate your heart with that conviction of what you're going to do? What you're leaving this place determined to do? What's going to happen? Whoop. The first squirrel that runs across the road, you'll completely forget. You'll completely forget. That's emotionalism. That is teaching to you on an emotional level, not a spiritual level. And... You know what? I find out that God does that a whole lot better than I can. And God's the only one that can do that because I can't. So my love for you, my hope for you, my desire for you is that you grow. You're nurtured in the Word of God by the Word of God. And that's what I'm going to reveal to you. Enoch's faith. He walked with God. Now, walking with God. Now, first of all, remember how I said that the three parts of faith, the belief, the trust and the obedience. All three of those things are faith. We believe the promises of God. We trust in the word of God, what he will do. And it's, we believe him so much so that it moves us. Uh, we believe God so much so it changes what we think and what we say in anything that we think and that what we do. Anything we think and do, there is the element of God's presence with you. And that is what walking with God is. It's an obedient walk. Uh, and in Philippians chapter 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Not just that the Lord is coming again, but the Lord is at hand with you. The Lord is in your life. The presence of God is with you. Let your moderation be known unto all men. But you know what? My God is bigger. My God is bigger than these problems. My God is bigger than this cancer. My God is bigger than life or death or anything that's going on in my life. My God is bigger. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And let me tell you, at the end of the day, God wins. God wins. There's my hope. And you know what? I know that so much so, it's going to change what I think. It's going to change what I do. And that's all throughout Hebrews chapter 11. We see the example of the change which people did. Um, now the last part, 
Christ will one day translate all believers from the earth. Enoch was translated, so was Elijah. Those were the words used for Elijah. Those two men were translated. Now, that means they were caught up. God had brought them up. One day when Jesus comes back, he will translate all believers to him. Now, there's two different things. Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. That means that Jesus was born and he died. Then he was raised the third day, and who he now has a glorified body. Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. How did Jesus get a glorified body? He was a resurrection. He, he was the first fruits of the resurrection. How did Enoch, Enoch and Elijah both have glorified bodies? You can't be in heaven without one. How was Enoch and Elijah given glorified bodies? They were translated. They did not see death. Now think about that. You have a translated body who will be glorified, and you'll have a resurrected body that will be glorified. It depends on who, where you are when the Lord comes back again. Now, if uh, you don't have to turn there, it's a pretty lengthy... Uh, actually, go ahead and turn there with me to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. Um, it is right before Timothy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I believe if, if, uh, if you concentrate on this, it'll bless you. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. They, are, they have a resurrected body, right? Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We will have the same type of caught up that Elijah and Enoch had because we will not die. We will not need a resurrected body because our body will not be dead when the Lord returns. And so what a blessing. What a blessing that we see that now caught up means to be seized, catched up, to pluck, to pull by force. And in 1 Corinthians, you don't have to turn there, he says, And in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible shall, must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Every human or every person having been raised from the grave will have a resurrected body to glorification and those who are alive and remain will have a translated body to glorification. And just what a beautiful truth. In conclusion, Enoch had this testimony. 
he had this testimony, not only testimony to others, but a testimony within him that he pleased God and that he walked with God. Now here's the question, can I please God and can I walk with God? Can you please God and can you walk with God? Well, here's the question, was Enoch a sinner? Yes. Are you a sinner? Yes. Then how can a sinner please God? How can a sinner walk with God? And we see what that is. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For you must come to God believing that he is. You must come to God believing in him so much that it's going to change your behavior of what all you do and what you say. It says we are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is faith without any merit. It is faith without look what else I can do to please you, God. It's faith. Have you been created by the workmanship of God through Christ to be pleasing to him? If you're saved today, he has saved you to be pleasing to him and to walk with him, not to be separate from him. You may be going through a trial of faith. Like I said, uh, faith are those things which hit hard. Trials hit hard. You know, when, when I pray, Lord, increase my faith, if you think about it, what are you really praying? You're saying, Lord, please increase my trials. Please increase my trials. Because that's how faith is forged in the trials of fire. Lord, give me a situation where I have to come to you. It's going to hurt so... It's going to hurt. That's faith. You know, it's faith when you're writing out your tithe check and you know that you do not have the money to meet the bills or the rest of the paycheck, but you know that you're being faithful, you're being obedient to the Lord, and you know this is what I'm going to do. This is the first fruit. This, I'm going to give him the best. I'm going to give him the first part of this paycheck, and I'm going to pray that the Lord handles the rest until I get paid again. That's faith. It says that God told Joshua to march around Jericho. Now get this. Once a day for six days in a row. And then on the seventh day, march seven times in a row. Now it's thought that Jericho, I believe, is about 70 acres. So here's this army. From day to night, that's a total of 13 times that Joshua obeyed God. He said, okay, Lord, I'll take this army and we're going to march around Jericho. You know, that first time, you know, everybody's on board. Yes, God said he's going to do it and we're going to march around this wall and we're just going to wait and see and everybody's excited about this. But the second time, you're like, oh, these guys are making fun of us. It's hot out here. Yeah. The third time they did it, and we're like, Probably just, really? Do we really have to do this three times? It's hot. They did it 13 times. Faith is doing it, believing God, the sixth time, and the seventh time, and the eighth time. Not having the end and the result in front of you. Just believing what God has said, even if you do not see the reassurance of that. You may or may not. God may show you. He didn't show everybody that we read in, in Hebrews. Those having not received the end of the promise, 
Uh, God had promised Abraham a, a land of promise, but yet he was dwelling as a pilgrim in it with tents. He never received the end promise. You know, and that's the thing is, we may be, today I kind of consider myself in the eighth or ninth year marching around Jericho. I'm just believing God. I'm believing God as a plan, a promise, and I know that the Lord has promised to save me, to keep me, and by the blood of Jesus Christ, I know when I die and I wake up, I shall be saved forever and ever. I have eternal life because it's through Jesus Christ. And I pray that that is your condition today. I pray as we looked at, at the faith of Enoch, that we see that without faith it is impossible to please God. How Enoch pleased God through faith. It pleases God when you put that check down, not knowing how you're going to pay the rest of your bills. And you believe God will do it. That pleases God. That pleases God. A lot of the things we do today are routine. You know, not faith. Let's find some things. And like I said, if you ask the Lord to increase your faith, he, he, he may. He may with, through trials. Remember those trials that come in your life and believe him. But we need to see most of all, we, we need to be careful that we, we don't praise people for faith. Because what did Paul say? I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. That's what Paul said. Be careful not to praise people too much of their faith when it was given of God. It's a gift of God to be pleasing to him. And I pray that the Lord has richly blessed you. And here in a minute, we're going to have a couple lines of invitation, a couple of stanzas. And if the Lord has spoken to your heart at all, that's when we invite you to come and pray the Lord has spoken to your heart. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. Father, thank you for the instruction of your word. Father, may we just be pleasing to you and walk with you. But Father, we know that that is by faith. Father, we pray, Lord, that you'll just forgive us of our sins. Lord, when we have not put our faith in you, when we've had doubt or unbelief, Father, may we just turn and by your Holy Spirit convict us to where we shall be pleasing. We are your workmanship. We've been created in through, through Christ Jesus to be pleasing to you. Father, may we just, uh, uh, those who are here, may they repent of their sins where they have failed to do that and just turn to you in faith and hope and asking you, Father, to help them. Father, we, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us to rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name.